the Europa League final, my last game for the club. He brought me on with 30 seconds to go. Parents money, don't you? Must have <laughs> <laughs> no, well, then, then you start thinking about JT lifting the trophy. And all. <laughs> I, without shame, say that you're the best centre forward that I ever played with at Manchester United, and you're always. There's no shame in that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought tactically he was the best I've worked with. It was the stuff off the pitch, which was difficult for the players. I remember standing at the front of the team and saying, look, lads, I think if you don't fight now, you'll regret it, because in five, six years, the lads that are coming in will just end up doing commercial appearances all week. Oh, he's come back in, he's few with remote, whatever. Just sat there like... And then next thing, he's got to pull the plug out of the team. <laughs> <laughs> then, so, is that criminal law? I did apply to Nottingham University. Is it, is it happening? What's happening? I can't get the wigs on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that's a positive, I'd say. Watch strobes and letters. Honest to God, what is going on? Do you know what? I can't. How do you go into a shop and buy that? Yeah. It's beautiful, this. What is it? Did you pay for that? Absolutely. John, me in a white T-shirt is not... I mean, you've never seen me in a white T-shirt. That's probably too loose now, I was just going to thought. That's a look. That's not a look, is it? Carol, what have you got in your bag that you brought from London? Do you want to go get my... Get, will you get my jacket? Um, I think... Is a white T-shirt all right? Nice jacket get my jacket, it's just... It's not an obvious choice for me, a white T-shirt, for obvious reasons. All them gym <laughs> sessions peeling I mean, off. It, it was white. <laughs> it's, it's cream, it's cream. It's it white. It's cream. It's off-white now. It's cream. I've got a nice jacket, again, honestly. Well, so how many got... You're bigger than me, well, so of course I'm bigger than you. Do you do gym? <laughs> do you do gym? Well, so how many goals do you score for United? Do you run? 253. 2.53. I just walk. More. Do you? You're in good shape, to be fair, for walking. Well, that could work. It's just, it's just the thing hey. is, is if, it's if it fits me. Hey, that's better, isn't it? Surely. Yeah, that looks yeah. nice. Right, there we go. Hey. <laughs> I'm open to offer his nerve if you... What, what, tell him what you nickname, what, what you used to call me. Thank you. Remember? Teabag. No, not teabag, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> you got a cute line of them. Oh, You've already got yours, I love the documentary, the, the clean one with the. Uh, oh, it was amazing, that. Honestly. Eh? <laughs> Seriously. Magatha Christie? Yeah, I actually paid for Disney to watch that. I'm still paying now, I think. <laughs> I didn't know Disney. Once you're in, you're in, you're going to have a bad Here we go. <laughs> Nice one, thank you. I'm not even in. Well, I was trying to... Like, you can hand out your... your yeah, uh-huh. For a week late, but... Yeah, it's okay. my birthday last Sunday as well that you've missed. Was it? How old are you now? 49? 49. What are you going to do? You, got, you were younger than that. You're I look younger, don't I? Yeah, you don't look 50, like. He doesn't. You don't, to be fair. He doesn't. He doesn't look 50? Nah. Probably because he's not. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do for your 50th? Um, I'm not going skiing with you, that's... <laughs> what did you ski? Oh, my God, you have to go and ski. No, Clean should be with the kids. No, I don't fall for that. Why do people say you have to ski? Honestly, I think no. you'd love it. I know his personality, you'd love it. Honestly, you'd absolutely <laughs> love it. I mean, look, he, I said no, the same to him two, three years ago. He once said to me, oh, carrying all that gear and all that. You know what I mean? He, I, he didn't want to go now. <laughs> he still doesn't like carrying the gear. He, he like the Apri ski, won't he? Yeah, you do. Ski? No. Never fancied it, really. Oh. You just stand on something going it's down torture. the slope. It is torture. I went, um, Ice skating in Winter Wonderland. It, that lasted two minutes. My feet in absolute agony. You got them big, faff, like proper wide <laughs> feet. No, you're not big, having your like yeah. big chunks. Like concrete like... blocks, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Scored a few goals, though, didn't they? You can't hit that volley against Newcastle with small feet, dog. You've got to have a yeah. on it, you know what I mean? That Newcastle goal, the one you volleyed in. That was an, I, I kind of, I was the one who what, launched it. What did you Three assists. It? Yeah, I launched it. And... What, two, three passes before? <laughs> no, I think there's one before. <laughs> did you actually set it up? I, I put it forward and the lad knocked it down. Is that not assist? Have you started? No. Oh. Right. Welcome to Stick to Football, brought to you by Skybet. And this week, joining myself, Jill, Roy and Cara is an extremely special guest. An Everton, Manchester United and England legend. Former teammate of mine and Roy's and Cara for England as well, Wayne Rooney. I missed Valentine's Day, but I've got you all the cake. To be yeah, fair, please. someone brought them to the shop and we didn't get a chance to get through them, but used in by me anything for Valentine's Day, so do you want to pick a cake? Yeah. Are you into Valentine's Day? No. I could tell that. Like, you can't have oh, a cake. Oh, you're supposed to get them all. 
No. Not just get in there. Just it would have been a shock in. if he'd said yes, to be fair. Oh, to be Excuse my language. Anyone get anything special for oh. Valentine's Day last week, no? Anything? No. Jesus. I got a card. I got a card. What's going on here and here? I got a T-shirt. I got Thank some you. chocolates. What was the t-shirt? I'll get them Stone out. Stone Island. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Stone Island yeah, t-shirt? Yeah, Manchester nice. Market. <laughs> Stone Island. What did oh, you get? Nice. Thank you. There you go. Hey. I didn't get anything. What do you mean? Did you get? You got something for Valentine's Day? I got a t-shirt, You should do, yeah. really. I got a lovely Happy card. Happy Valentine's got a Day. From who? From you. Wazza, what did you get? <laughs> yeah, from who? Wazza, what did you get for Valentine's Day? Thank um, you. Just a card. Oh, you didn't it? get a present, but you're just not telling us that. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. you've heard us get slaughtered, are you thinking? To be honest, we don't, we don't get presents for each other. You're dead right, dead right. There you go. Uh, we're on the same. Did you, even, for, even for Christmas no. and birthdays, no. <laughs> Is it jam sponge underneath? Or? I think so. Right. To be fair, they're like a week old now, so... This is a bit messy. Yeah, I think I'll leave it for now. They're only a week there. old. Waz, we're going to play a clip from a Sorry. previous Sorry. show, right? Don't worry, it's not a stitch up. After every big fight, especially with a YouTuber, sometimes Rooney will fire me in a message and go, listen, I'll tell you. And I, I'll I actually you. said to Wayne... Did you not see me as Phil Bardsley? Yeah, I know. After about eight bottles of red. Yeah. Right? But it's like Wayne Rooney, who, who, you know, went had a very limited amateur pedigree, but still could fight. Yeah. Wayne Rooney training, and I said to him, great as well, imagine the shape you'd get in here. You'd, you'd get right back in shape against Jake Paul. At Old Trafford. Wow. Right? And that, that's yeah. one, big die. Wow. I'm like, on the overlap. If you do that deal, we're in. Are you going to be a boxer? Are you going to do a fight? You never know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no um, they've been in touch. Um, Eddie, and, or is it other people? No, no, other people, yeah. Been in touch and, and asked a question, but um, I think the minute, at the minute, I want to focus on getting back into manage management, not boxing. No, but is it like a charity thing or is it like a series? What, what is it? No, just be in touch to, to fight, yeah. Who? Because I've read something the last few, few oh, days. There's been a few and obviously that misfit have been in and that's been all over the news, whatever, but... Not a great uh, title, that, is it? No, but... Misfits. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's... Um, listen, I want to focus on getting back into management. That's that's my focus and I've seen all, all over the last couple of days all the, the headlines, but... Um, my main focus is, is getting back into football. Oh, we you love boxing. Go. You love boxing. I love boxing. You? Yeah, me, me dad boxed. Me uncle still runs the gym in, in Crocky. Um, absolutely love it. I love watching it. Um, but yeah, you gonna get back into football. Why do you want to get back into management? <laughs> I, to be fair, I, I, I'm not asking that question because I asked Frank the same question a couple of weeks ago. I asked Roy the same question when obviously Roy said over the last couple. We we can't. We we just don't get it, do we? I'm just looking. I think what are you all doing? Yeah, I think it's it's a bug. Obviously, you've done it before. No, you've done it before. Then two weeks. Think <laughs> <laughs> you lasted a bit longer than me last time. Um, no, but it's, I love being involved in football, and obviously the punditry and different stuff. Is, there's options which you could take up there, for instance. But I love being around. I love being around the obviously now the staff and and trying to better yourself. Um, so it's uh, something within me, really, and love to get back into it. And you come out of, obviously, Birmingham, and we'll talk about it in a bit. Do you not just feel like, at that point, it, it's not fair that you think... You know, it's like you get sacked after, what, 15 matches, 13 matches, 14 matches, and you think, what's the point in this, the sort of career that you've had, the sort of heights you've reached? Yeah. You don't feel like, why am um, I putting my life and reputation in the hands of what would be owners who are going to be desperate? And I'm, I'm an owner who has been desperate in the past myself. Yeah, no, I think it's football, isn't it? And... I think the, the main thing for me is to completely... And for me, it's easy to do, to cut out what I've done as a player and focus, and, and you're almost starting again as a, as a manager. I'm not going back to me as a player thinking that's going to you know, help me. It, of course, the experience I've had will, will help a bit, but I'm right at the bottom from a managerial point of view, and I want to work my way up. That's, um, I'm not relying on what I've done as a player to, to, to get me into places where I shouldn't be. And you obviously have taken jobs at, say, championship level. Would you consider going even sort of, Would you go to consider League One or going to sort of... Yeah, you know, 100%. Um, I'm, as I said, I want to get back into it. I want to improve myself. And whether that's League Two, League One, championship, um, it's all experience. I'm still only 38. I know I look a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm still 38. I've had three managerial jobs. So I've 
got, I've actually got quite a bit of experience in different, obviously with Derby and administration, going out to the States, Birmingham, that, that challenge, if you like, which I had. So I've got a bit of experience to, to lean on now, I'm still 38, so I'm still obviously young in terms of manager. Do you feel that you've been judged unfairly? I mean, to be fair, at Birmingham you went in and there was like criticism from almost like it felt like day one. And that's like, you know, you're, you're up against it straight away. Do you feel that because you're Wayne Rooney and the sort of the, the, the name that you have, that it's always going to be challenging? People are always going to look at you and sort of mirror what, you know, look at what you did as a player? Yeah, I think that comes from, as you said, you're right. I think the Birmingham fans didn't accept me from day one. I think John Eustace had done a good job, to be fair to him. Um, at Birmingham, they made the change, they asked me to go in. I went in, but I knew straight away I weren't accepted by the fans. Um, was so that, that hard? Was that, because, was that just I'm because quite, of the last guy did he thought yeah. the last guy shouldn't have been sacked? Or do you think that was something maybe against you? I didn't know if there was something as a player against United or something you'd come up against them. What, what, you know? No, I think it was more as I said, John Eustace done well. They were yeah. I think they were in seventh although they were still only two points off seventeen places and they were they were in sixth or seventh place when John Eustace got sacked and so if you're a Birmingham fan, after to be fair to them, after the last ten years they've had the touching playoffs, I know it was early on the season and the manager gets sacked. And then you had the, the situation with Zola a few years ago. Um, so that comes back into the mind as well. So I think all that goes into, you consider all that, the fans, you know, didn't accept me from day one. Which... You know, you know your point of view there, when you, you, you're going in at sixth or seventh and you know the fans sort of like him. Because uh, I thought straight away, when you go in and, and everyone's sort of disappointed with the guy who's gone before and the question, the decision, so you're, you've got a tough start. Would you have not looked at that and thought, you know, we'll maybe give this a month or six weeks? Because I think a lot of people probably felt being maybe, as you just mentioned, and maybe in a, he's done a great job, you yeah. know, the lad John Eustace, but are they maybe in a little bit of a false position? Was it always going to be difficult to keep them there? That was my point. Would you yeah, have looked think... at that and say, you know what, maybe give this another six six to eight weeks and see, what, see how the land lies? Yeah, there. and I think he was definitely in a false position. Um, but you back yourself. Mm. I think that I'm, I'm someone who's always done that. I've always been a confident person, and and you back. So to be fair, the first five games we had were probably the toughest five games of the season, and um, so that didn't help obviously um, with what happened to the end. But um, I backed myself. Um, it hasn't paid off. Move okay. on. Move on. Yeah, but when you first went in, when I think the manager, we talk about luck and the time, and you went in when you were in there, and maybe there was that negativity towards you. Not necessarily that's your fault because of the previous manager. That's where you need one or two results to go your way. And I know we're talking about the Ipswich result, you're tuning up. And when you're in the door, and if people are just unsure about you and you're not getting two or three wins quickly, it is that we talk about momentum. You get momentum when you're winning football matches, but when you're not getting in a positive way, it's really negative. And that, that, that's hard to deal with when you first go into a club where people are almost waiting for you to kind of feel. Yes, I think you're, you're always looking for momentum, and I think that first win is. Is really important. So obviously, in the first five games, we didn't get that. Then there was international break, and um, before that, obviously, before I went in, speaking to the owners and how they wanted the team to play, um, how I wanted to play, um, we were all aligned in what we wanted. And I think the one thing we all knew was we needed players. We needed players quick in January. Um, so that was that's what really me my only disappointment. The we get to January. Um, and they don't give me the opportunity to bring players in because that was a part of the discussions and we knew we needed them. Yeah, so was that a shock then? Because if you're talking about that as a plan, like January, we're going to bring these players in, because we spoke about it on here when you weren't here, saying it's just not enough time to do what you need to do. Yeah, and, and that's, if you look at all the messaging from myself, from the owners, it was about the long-term plan. And of course, in the short term, we weren't picking up the results we wanted. And I understand that. And, um, owners have to make decisions, um, but to not let me get the players in January, that was disappointing. Um, a shock, probably a little bit when it happened, but... Um, there are lessons, Wayne. Yeah, the one thing I'd say to manager, again, we, we, people talk about a manager goes in and everyone's got a plan, right. or you're promised about players. I, I almost take all that stuff with a pinch yep. of salt. I, just, I always think have the worst case scenario that you won't get any players yep. in. Because these promises they give you, the owners do, and sometimes it's genuine, it doesn't work out, because recruitment, as we've mentioned many times, but they're all lessons that you're going to learn from. You know, you're not yeah, going to learn from my experience, you're going to learn from your own experience, and that's when you mm. go into the next club you get. That there's hopefully a bit more trust with yeah. people. But at the start, I, I kind of wouldn't believe too much what clubs are promising you. Yeah, you, you, you know, the, the next club you go to, 
it, it's okay us saying and you saying, oh, I didn't get enough time. But if that's the, the way football is now, that you've basically got to hit the ground running, what would you do differently if you were going in as a manager? You're talking about, like, I want to play a certain way or do a certain thing. Because it, it, it seems pretty obvious to me right now, the most important thing you've got to do straight away is get results. Yeah. And then you can build into where you want to go to. Would you, would you do anything differently? Yeah, and I think that's... You'd obviously have to make sure you get the right club in, who are in a stable position. I think if you look at the three clubs I've, I've managed, obviously going in Derby, um, under their circumstances, um, DC United were bottom of the league um, when I went over there, and now Birmingham move over the last 10 years have, have been a mess. So, so have you made poor decisions? Is that what you're so, saying? You've so, made no, poor I've, decisions I've, the clubs I've, that you've picked? I've made decisions which will really push me and challenge me. And... Um, I'm, I'm pleased with what I've done at Derby, um, pleased with what I've done at DC. Um, and then, the, obviously, disappointment for me is, is Birmingham. So I think it's really important that you pick, you, you go in at the right club at the right time. I mean, you talked about my time in Valencia before, and I look back now and think there were two or three big things that I would change if I, I'm never going to go into football management again. But if I did, you know, things that I did that were just obvious mistakes. Are there things that you think that when you look at, say, for instance, you know, you've had three jobs, you've got so much experience at such a young age, what are the things that you are picking up and thinking, right, I need to change that next time? Yeah, I think you probably need to be a bit more commanding when you first go in, if you like, with, with, the, with the owners and more demanding. and Ruthless, mate. Yeah, I think, I think that's because there was a few decisions which I, I, let, I let slide past me, which obviously it's the club's decisions in the end and, and that's fine whether that's uh, having a coach pushed onto you or whether that's you know recruitment whatever that is um, I think being a lot stronger and, and saying listen if we're going to do it it needs to be my way but sometimes I think there's certain people you might want which yeah. I think that's you're never going to get your own yeah. way you're not going to bring yeah. t- clubs who you might have gone into Derby they're going to say you can bring in a few staff yeah. but you're not going to get 10 or 15 yeah. it's not like Pep or any of these managers but I definitely think there's you have two or three people in mind going I am taking these two or yeah. three people. Whatever who else is at the club, wherever might be coming or going, I think they're the decisions you've got to stick to. Two or three people you trust around you. It might be a fitness coach, yeah. a goalkeeper coach, an assistant. I think that's where you really be strong when you first go in and go. And if that's not happening, I think you have to be prepared. Because managers get desperate and they go in and go, you can only take one staff yeah. with you or whatever. But yeah. I think if you have three or four people, you go, if you're not entertaining these, I'm not even having a discussion about a contract. Yeah, we had, we had that. I, I took a couple of my coaches from, from DC and um, obviously they're all discussions we had and I, I was strong on that. But then, obviously, I think I ended up with probably one, one coach too many. Right. Yeah. Okay. What were your strengths like as a manager? Because I remember talking to you just before you got the job and I was like, the way you spoke like really passionately about kind of how to manage people, the older players compared to the younger ones. Do you think from playing the game, that's like your strength, like managing like people as well as the players? I think understanding the every player is different. Mm-hmm. Every player has different issues, um, different strengths and weaknesses and... I think really one of my senses is un- understanding that and, and getting to really find that out quickly. Um, and you'll have to see each player different. It's the same as your children, all your children are different. And, and really managing each player as an individual. Um, I think, especially nowadays, players now are so different and yeah. society's changed, social media, mental health issues, mm-hmm. etc. So um, you need to be careful as well. But each player, um, is, is so different in so many different ways. Do you feel let down? Um, I don't know. I'm not let down. I'm disappointed, of course. Disappointed, and you you take a hit. Yeah. But that's it's how you come back from that. I think. Um, and I thought the owner, the owner was fantastic. But there's been a lot of great managers out there over the years, and loads of evidence, who've had difficult two or three or four jobs, yeah. and then they just find the right club for them. Yeah. You know, Simone's always the one at Atletico Madrid. You look at his track record and listen, five or six jobs, or you go, listen, touch and go, then he finds a club that will suit. Yeah. You're on about going to Birmingham, for example. Sometimes your personality might work with a certain fan base. It can be, unless you're winning week in, yeah. week out. I know we're all there to win football matches, but you've got to find that club that, that fits your yeah, personality. You, you that and you're up and running, Wayne. You're up and running. Your style of play as a coach is very different than how I see you play in the game. Because as you played, you wanted the ball playing directly. You ran at people. You're aggressive. Where's your style of play come from? So when I first went in at Derby, um, this was in the January. I got the job. It was literally adapting to the opposition every every game. And um, so you changed then. Yeah. So you? then we we stayed up on the last day, and then 
I've come in, I've sat down with the coaches, said this is how I want the team to play, regardless of, you know, we have to, we couldn't sign players, we had a group of kids from the academy. So we said, right, this is how we want to play, this is how we're going to play the whole season, regardless of the opposition. And um, then I got a few players in there. So I had Curtis Davis and Phil Jagielka, centre back, um, and I asked them to get up to the halfway line. <laughs> the two of them looked at me were like, you're crazy. Um, but to be fair, they'd done it and they were, they were brilliant. And um, as much as in my career, I've, I've, I hate goalkeepers. Always have. Um, <laughs> I thought there was going to be a follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Always have. That's every night you play. Just hate goalkeepers. But, um, goalkeeper's the most important player if, if, in how you want to play. And mm-hmm. It's mad. And the keeper I had a um, derby we brought in, Ryan Altop, was brilliant. Um, calms everything down and he was, he was almost a playmaker. So um, so we play a 2-3-5. Um, whether your full-backs come inside or whatever, or your, your full-backs go high and wide. Depend on your personnel. But I so said, where's, where's that come from? Because it's your football career. If you think about how you played at United or even with England, even with Everton, you know, the clubs that you played at, it was always more of a. We were always direct. We were always getting the ball forward quickly. You didn't overplay at the back or anything like that. And I saw clips of you playing at Birmingham where you, the centre backs were getting it really deep off the goal. Where, where's that come from? Is that, is, is that the influence of Pep think, or is it something that No, you... I think the way, the way the game's gone, it's changed. Yeah. It's not the, the same. Yeah, I watched one of our games back actually against Liverpool from about 15 years ago and um, the difference in how the game was played then to how it is now was, was massive so um, I think and you just have to move yeah. move it in you look at obviously for me the best manager is Pep and um, you look at how he adapts you know it's, it's, it, how they're playing now is not the same as what they were playing four years ago it's, he keeps making these subtle changes and um, and then you see everyone trying to do the same so I think it's important to have your own principles and your own Ideas of what you want to do, and um, that's what I've tried to. I tried to take in. I've done a derby DC and tried to Birmingham, but yeah. unfortunately, didn't he didn't happen. have a Rooney though, did he? You're saying that's how he played, but he didn't have him up front, else he might have been trying to give the ball to them. No, He's but yeah, his principles I, as a player, no, I, but. Yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of how it how it arrives. Because to be fair, I got lost completely when I went over there. Four months, I changed like literally every felt like every ten minutes. I lost faith in what I was trying to do from the beginning. You changed yeah. from four three three to three at the back to four four two to a narrow four four two, and you end up changing. Then the players lose faith with you because I wasn't getting results. Uh-huh. And to be fair, I wish I'd just stayed with how I was playing at the very beginning. At least it was one message. One big thing. Just last question on management. Would your next job a big thing be to go in at the start of a season so you've got a pre-season with the players? Because obviously when you went in, you haven't got time yeah, to develop um, anything different. I had a, I went in mid-season at DC as yeah. well and um, that was difficult. Then you get to the the start of the, the, the pre-season, whatever, you bring players in. Um, we've got, actually got some really good players in there. Ben Teke, Lewis O'Brien, uh, Matty Click. Um, got some good players in there. Um, and then obviously at Birmingham going in, as you did. Mid-season, it's, yeah. it's not ideal. Um, but, yeah, I think the next one I definitely want to go in at the start. Right, going back to your playing career, obviously, you know, a couple of us played with you. 253 goals for Manchester United. And I, I, I without shame and without any hesitation, um, say that you're the best centre-forward that I ever played with at Manchester United. And you're always... No, There's no shame in that. <laughs> 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 no, but you have, you have, you have, no, you have, no, but to be fair, wasn't you have, you have these, what would be, you have these sort of Cantona fans, you have these sort of, you know, you're fans of other players over the years that you think, but I, without hesitation, say you're the best centre forward that I ever played with without a shadow of a doubt. Do you feel that that's, do you feel like you create Manchester United's respected as much as it should be? Yeah. I, I'm, it's not, I didn't play football for people to say he's this or this. I played the time win trophies and um, I love my time. I obviously had a, a couple of moments there um, with, with the manager and the fans obviously when I asked to leave at that certain time but I just wanted to play football so I never looked back and think I was a striker or you know a wide player number 10 midfielder. I just wanted to be on the ball and, and play and enjoy it. That was the main thing and I loved my time there 13 years at United and um, yeah people like Van Nistelrooy or Cantona, Sahar, whatever, they're all top players. Even though you're the top goal scorer for Man United and you, Kane is for England now, but you, yeah. you were for England, do you class yourself as a goal scorer? I, no, I wouldn't say I was a natural goal scorer. No. Um, I, I just wanted to spend the ball. That, that was something I think, I think it was years gone. 
But I think Glenn Hoddle said that about someone. I think it might have been Michael Owen. And he got a lot of criticism for it because how can you say that when you've got those numbers? But actually, it's a compliment, isn't it? It's not, it's not that you can't score goals, it's that you can do so much more mm. than just score goals. Yeah, I think yeah. If, uh, if I was more selfish as well, and I, I potentially could have scored a lot more goals. And, um, but I just wanted to play. I wanted to... The amount of times, you know, you have midfielders telling me to, to go away or Alex yeah. Ferguson used to always say to me, um, you need to be stay up front. Remember Louis Van Gaal when he came in? So I thought, I've said it, I thought tactically he was the best I've worked with. There was the stuff off the pitch which was difficult for the players um, in how he worked. But I remember him coming in saying he wants to send forwards to have 15, 20 touches a game. I was thinking. That's Haaland, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's exactly what Haaland does. I think he was it. He had a Bayern Munich done in and he'd, he'd score one goal, two goals a game. And, but I always wanted to play and enjoy the game. Yeah. You dropped in the midfield, though, didn't you, a bit later on? And yeah. your game intelligence was... So, did you enjoy that? Because you were getting on the ball yeah, so much. I just, not many strikers could do that, I get that, the impression you didn't like, listen to managers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's... Playing in the field for me was easier than playing up top in the end. Was it? Up top, you obviously need the intensity and the high-speed run. Yeah. Um, and you can use your experience. Obviously, when I was a bit older, you can use your experience and sit in and... Yeah. And pick up space and, and whatever to play in midfield. So it was a lot easier physically for me to, to play in midfield. Really? I weren't like Roy was a box to box. I was yeah. in midfield and, and I'd stay in there. So Yeah. The the boss would, to be fair, when you used to drift out to the left, remember when you used to drift out to the left and then he, he would go if you didn't if you moved too much from the centre, he would go mad at you at times only for that. He wanted you more central up front. Yeah, um, but then he goes and plays me on the left and ball plays me on the right, and so you can't have it both ways either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, and I get it. Listen, I get it. You go from Van Nistelrooy, who was actually usually know was a better player than he gets credit for as well. I thought he was a good footballer. And he worked within the eighteen. Yeah, but he stayed there. So you go from him playing there, then me going there, and as you said, drifting out wide. Or um, so that I think that's the thing with, with Rashford now when he's played as a forward. The hardest thing for me to learn was the, the patience of staying there. Mm. That was the hardest thing to... I think Jesus is like that Arsenal. Yeah. Well, I say that quite often about him. He hasn't got the patience just to stay there and actually be... Yeah, I think for young players now, that's probably the hardest thing for them to learn. You, you said something there about he does have you as sort of the main centre-forward and did you feel like you get enough uh, acclaim? And I, I go back to sort of you and Ronaldo almost coming through at the same sort of similar age. How did you feel about you talking about the Ferguson putting you on the left? Almost, almost feel like you're playing for him. So you're talking about I could have scored more goals if I was more selfish. Those times in big European games, I felt like, well, okay, he's not going to work as hard as Wayne, so we'll leave him at centre four and you'll have to play wide. Yeah, but then he win you the game. Yeah, so, so, it, yeah. so I think. Yeah, because you not a, yeah you not back yourself. You, you could have won them the game. Yeah, but then I think from a defensive point of view, there was just more thrust. Um, obviously, if I play out wide. Um, I would do my job, I would get back and help out defensively where Cristiano probably wouldn't do it. So, and then he causes them, he's a threat then, and he pins their so full So there was never back, any so. frustration with that? You sort of, you yeah, know. obviously I wanted to play my position. Um, but I, I felt, I think that's where the manager probably got it right in terms of, in terms of the team winning and being successful. It probably needed that. So um, that was, I weren't really in, interested in individual awards and stuff. I wanted to win with the team. That was always my goal. You mentioned there about when you had the little running, with, not running manager, but when you sort of went and asked for a transfer. But when Roy left uh, United, to me, you were the natural sort of new Roy Keane in the team on the pitch of how you play, the spirit, the fight, the, you know, the, the energy and everything that. And also that little bit of something that would, to be fair, wouldn't be worried about going, knocking on the manager's door. The idea of knocking on the manager's door and saying, boss, what players are we going to sign? I want to know what players we're going to sign before <laughs> I sign a new contract. I mean, is that, was that you just demanding more from the club because you felt as though at the time? Because it's, it's, it's not many players would have during their career go into that office when the manager's got the control he's got and say, what players are you going to sign? I need to know before I sign my new contract. I think actually you, you brought something up just before you left in terms of how the club was going from a commercial point of view, I always remember you bring that up, and oh, we had a meeting, you, didn't you, we? you could see what was what was happening. Yeah. And, um, and then I started thinking about the the team, thinking right, well, what's happening with the team? What's going to happen with the manager? Because I think we knew he didn't have that long left. The, the club offered me a new five-year deal, but then we just sold Tevez, we just sold Ronaldo, and I said this, I said this 
to, to the manager. It's no disrespect to Phil Jones or Chris Smalling. They're obviously not going to play Ronaldo and Tevez. And I just wanted assurances that it weren't going to be another transition. I didn't, I didn't have the time personally, so I had to ask that question. I think felt it was important to ask the question, is it going to be a three, four year transition? Or is it going to be, we're going to win trophies now? And um, yeah, he told me to get out of his office. So it's a final problem. Um, so then I got more sense then out of David Gill of, of what the plan was. And I mean, Roy, Roy, you won't remember what the meeting that we had. So just before I left, you remember the players pool that we had, the commercial pool. It was taken away from the players, and but we were demanded to do commercial appearances on a very regular basis. It was getting to the point where the lads were getting really pissed off. So I was basically at that point saying, right, we need to dig in and stop doing commercial appearances. Um, the problem was there was a few players that had just signed big image rights contracts. And I remember standing at the front of the, um, the team and saying, look, lads, I think if you don't fight now and stand together now, you'll regret it because in five, six years, the lads that are coming in will just end up doing commercial appearances all week. Um, and the lads, to be fair, they outvoted. I got outvoted. I mean, you think you were willing to stand, weren't you? Yeah. But I got outvoted. Uh, there was only three or four of us willing to sort of dig in because um, the lads had signed. Well, contracts change in any way. Yeah, the, so the, con the contracts had changed right. slightly, but the image rights contracts right. had come in whereby the lads were expected to do commercial appearances. So what the club did, they were signing, they were picking players off to do lots of commercial appearances within the contract, paying them a lot more. But the lads that were left behind, maybe the oh. other ten or twelve, right. historically had always said, "Look, you know, that's." That's not football, you know what I mean? So it was changing quite a lot the yeah, just before I, think, I left. I think, obviously, the it's all changed now and then that's a normal thing you know, with, with players' contracts, especially at the top level. Yeah. They take, take into account the social media and, and all that stuff. So, um, But at that time, I think, yeah, it was new, it was strange. It was, And, and sometimes you're, you're not open to change, which yeah. um, I think that's where the club are probably having the issues they're having now because the focus was more on commercially than and other areas which you need to look at. I, I always say that that 2008 front three of you, Cristiano and Tevez, obviously it was always, or always either had G or Giggsy, yeah. you know, either side, but they would more sort of like dovetail in and sit alongside um, Scolzi and Michael yeah. Carrick. I always say it was probably the best front three ever. I've never seen anything like that. You, know, you were at your peak, Cristiano's on at his peak almost, and Tevez was at his peak. Do you feel that's as good as it ever got for you in terms of sort of what would be football in your career? Yeah, I'd say that that three or four years I think we had was, and you could feel it coming. I think 2006 we got beat AC Milan semi-finals away. 2007 um, semi-finals again, I think it was, and then we we obviously get the final 2008 and win it, um, and then we had the other two finals which we lost and I think unfortunately we were in an era of, of that Barcelona team which were incredible but I think for that few years you, you felt unstoppable I felt um, as a as a team you're going into games knowing that you're going to win and in big games as well so even the other day I think we went like two and a half seasons unbeaten in the in the Champions League in, in terms of, of getting to the final yeah what 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 point? I, I'm, not, I'm not asking. What point was it where you did ask for the transfer? What year was that? I was 2010. Um, Is that when City were just starting to come? Was it? No, when when City. It was more. Obviously, I wanted the answers. I wanted. There was a few teams. There was um, Real Madrid, Barcelona were asking. City were asking. Chelsea were asking. So there was oh, a few, you, 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 there was a few teams. Yeah. That, um, did you ever have that problem? <laughs> no, but I, I, I wanted to. I genuinely wanted to stay at United, but um, I think there was a, a clash of of me and the manager as well. And I knew once you, you know as well, once you try and disagree with him, he, he doesn't take it lightly. And my relationship with, with the manager after that moment was never never the same. I, actually, to be fair, we, we, we were talking about it this morning. So obviously, I remember being in the dressing room when just before the Champions League game when the statement came out. I thought, that was it. Yep. There's no comeback from that. I'd seen it many times before previously over the past 10, 15 years. But how did that turn around from you making that statement? Do you remember me and Giggsy speaking to the morning after in the yep. gym and saying, look, you have to say sorry to the lads, but I think you did. But then how did it turn around? With, we never thought it would turn around with the manager. I, I, how's that turn around? How's it that you sign a new contract a couple of weeks later? I, I, yeah, I don't get that. money. I'm only joking. No, I don't get that. 
to this when day. I, when I put the transfer request in, I was still, this was more from me and the manager, and I was still speaking to David Gill on where the club were going, how they were going to move forward. And again, obviously, as a, being a manager now myself and looking back, it's probably, it was the wrong thing to do, probably, but at the time, I felt it was the right thing to do um, to really get assurances for my own career. Um, and then once David Gill had explained where, what the club were doing, I said, fine, that's all the manager had to say. Um, that's all the club had to tell me. Um, and then I signed the, the new deal. And in terms of the relationship with the manager, of course, it was never the same. Um, after I think, I think the big thing what probably hurt him is they had just sold Tevez, they had just sold Ronaldo and they probably couldn't afford to let me go. Moving on to the sort of post-Sir Alex Ferguson period, because obviously you played under David Moyes and then under Louis van Gaal predominantly. What, what, was, what was the big change? I mean, obviously, we know what the big change was, but just talk to us about that period. Firstly, David Moyes and how it was, because obviously you knew David Moyes, yeah. you had a relationship with him. What happened in that period when Sir Alex left? Um, I think, firstly, we were losing the, the core of the team, really. I think um, Giggsy... Um, Rio, Vidage, they were all on the last legs basically and so we were losing that presence in the in the dressing room. Then it was there was literally me and Michael Carrick left um still playing and um from from our that generation and then you you're getting the likes of Jesse Lingard coming through and um Welbeck, Cleverly, which have had good careers but it was never you know the, the same and um as I said football was changing you know, the behaviour of players, of course, we misbehave or we go out and um, do whatever, but I think everything was changing around football and I think that was a big, like, coming in, I always remember after the Liverpool game when um, we got beaten, um, coming in and lads were coming in, dancing the next day around the dressing room with the hip-hop music on, I remember taking the music out and... And then, but you can try and control it as much as, as possible, but in the was end... Was that the Jesse Lingard just, clip that was on social media? It was actually... That was another one after that gone. <laughs> so they didn't listen to you. So, but you look at it and you just think it's... it's so the players didn't embrace David Moyes, you're thinking, Wayne? Did they, did they give him a chance? No. Or, no, they never gave him a chance. I think it was always going to be difficult for him. And I, I know David from when he was at Everton and he wasn't the same as what it, when he was at Everton. So I think he obviously... It was a massive change for him as well, and so I don't think he probably done as well as he would have liked. But I also think there was a lack of from the more senior players just weren't having him, and it, that was very difficult for him. I always remember David Moyes saying privately uh, to me, so I can't remember when I saw him after. He said it felt like almost like the dad had left the house and the stepdad was coming in and trying to instruct the children, and the base of the children were just never having sort of that message from. It was just different. But it's sad when a manager never gets a chance, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Moisey's Moise really hands-on like, in everything, in, yeah. in terms of how, what way the bus goes to the game and stuff like that. Um, on the training pitch, he's really hands-on. Where So that was a big difference for, for the players as well, in terms of, obviously, the managers. Some days you mightn't see him on the training pitch and, and whatever, where that was a big change as well. I, when you talk about that, it sounds like you were almost... You, you know, you're the leader in the dressing room there, and you're almost sort of fighting for the manager. You want to try and get the, the lads involved. And it takes me back to sort of Roy Hodgson at Liverpool in that I, I was, as I've, I think I've said before, I never played for a manager, played for the club. So you, you want Roy to do well because it means the club are doing well. But once a dressing room and not having the manager, two or three, you just can't turn it round. It's OK the other, the other way when there's maybe four or five in the dressing room and not having the manager, but the, the majority, and you, you drag them along with you. Yeah. I, I'd never had it before at Liverpool where it was just like you could feel I was like I'm fighting a losing battle here you know in yeah. terms like training is just not quite yeah. the same and lads are just going oh turning their heads away it's certain things and you're like trying to like almost overdo it's it sad, in the end it's yeah. sad, like, really honestly yeah. me. Do you think I, it's I could never be like that with a manager do you think it's frustrating though because you're in like this generation with these guys and then it changes a bit doesn't it so you're left with frustration because it's like I remember I was always the one that was like get off our phones and do you know what I was really old school and they got to a point where kind of had to meet halfway with that the next generation difference in I always remember my first training session at United and I went in, I was injured and I remember going in, you've got Roy Keane, Ryan Giggs, um, Scholes, 
Phil Neville. <laughs> <laughs> in front of, you've got all these players who I grew yeah. up watching, and I remember thinking, going into scouts, I thinking I need to, I need to impress these. Not the yeah. manager, when the manager, I need to impress these. I remember my first session, like, and how intense it was, the difference to what it was at Everton and tackling and stuff. And then I go back to towards the end, and as I say, that generation changed, society changed. The difference in the sessions, the you know, you're getting told you need to stop training now because you've run this yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you're just like yeah. going on, but that's the, obviously the way the, the game went, so it was completely different. I always used to say at the sport scientists, could you do the session without this little <laughs> GPS? And it'd be like as if the head would go, like just try and monitor well, like Mourinho all the lads. When he come in, Mourinho never used, used Did he never use no, them? Never used them. Yeah. He said he can see it with his eyes. Yeah, like I the think. feel of the session. And then yeah. um, the only time you'd use it is when you were injured come back with the physio. And you'd the put it on the dog. You'd put it on the dog for you. So, yeah, we know, the, we, know, we know the game is changing and players or whatever to be mobile phones and dressing room. But I just when a manager goes in, that pl players wouldn't have the respect for a manager, yeah. at least to give them a chance. Yeah. And listen, we can, we've all fallen out with managers, but you certainly wouldn't, you would not train properly and not try yeah. for a manager. You might, you might like his training methods, you might like his personality, but you wouldn't. This idea of like yeah. down and tools and not well, trying when for I, a when I, when I hear that, Roy, I'm, it baffles me and I sometimes think, is it because I play for one team? I don't know. But I, I also think when you'd be arguing with lads, and they're not arguing, maybe discussing about, like, well, okay, I know you, you don't like all the training's not great, but if you don't train properly and you're not at it, you're not going to play as well on the Saturday. What's, why would you not want to play your absolute best figure with the managers? Why would you yeah. not ever want... I used to always play in a game and think, what if I don't play well, I don't care who the manager is or we get beat, I'm going to go home and happy. So it doesn't matter who the manager is. I want to go home with that pride. feeling you're that I'm playing pride, well. Yeah. But I think you're old school, and to be fair to you, you are old school. You know now you played the game. But what, Gary? What does it? You know what I mean? No, what I mean old is school. It's, no, but you, you were. It's good school. What's yeah. old school? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. What, what no. is old school? What does that mean? You know, having beliefs and you're a bit of pride. No, you know what it means. What I mean by that, in terms of how he played, and I think you could be accused at times by. I remember the manager saying to you, "You're working too much." Yeah, he did. He used to say to him, you, he used to say to him, you're working too hard, you're, working, you're running too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be like, well, I think when, you, when you're there, when you're saying old school, I think it's an honesty and a willing, willingness to work. I think, and, and too many times now you see with players who, who are not willing to do that. And you've got some great, the best team in the country, obviously, to pull the top for me is Man City. They also work the hardest. Mm -hmm. And people, what young players now especially want to do is try and get to that level without putting the work in. Do you think, like, I always think, you know, is, is Tommy Smith saying that when I was playing? You know, it's always like the older pl players always look at the newer generation and go, oh, they, they weren't like us. Or they, do you know what I mean? Are we sounding like... No, but I go back to... No, Wayne's mentioned the paradigm. Manager's coming, he's coming to Debit he's going to Man United. You know, the players, OK, the standard might have come down in terms of the brilliant players you've left. But you've players treating a manager who deserves respect, who's done really good stuff at Everton and going... And I, before he walks in the door, we're not having him. That's the bit I don't get. Whatever yeah, about yeah. David Moyes, I'm sure he'd done stuff yeah. and he looks back and goes, maybe that, I shouldn't have done that. I was trying too hard when I first went in, putting a marker down. You hear all the stories about chips and ketchup and all this rubbish. But for, before a manager walks in the door, for players to say, we're not having him. I'd, just going on to Louis van Gaal, because you said before he's the best tactical coach you've ever seen. I can see that. I, I reflect on what I used to say about Louis van Gaal when I was watching United on telly. I, I found it really difficult watching Manchester United yeah. play. A lot of sideways passes along the back, even though I respected the way in which he got us playing, because he's probably the one manager since Sir Alex Ferguson that's in, implemented a style. Did you find that style, it was so different than how you'd played before, did you like that style? Because I, I struggled with it watching United in that way, and many fans did. Yeah, no, I, th I thought, so when I say tackling, I thought defensively he had the set up brilliant. Yeah. Um, and we were difficult to play in from that point of view. Um, in possession, I think that's where, for the, for the you more flair plays, like he demonated, that's why he demonated struggles, because he wants you to stay in this, this area yeah. where it takes away that freedom of the attack, attacking players. If you like, so that from that point of view, that was it was difficult to play in, and I remember he didn't want the midfield players crossing over, or um, so you had to almost play in in yeah, this area, one area, or whatever. So, but a good personality, was he? Oh, I thought he yeah. was brilliant. Oh, yeah, thought, him, wasn't he? he was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> some, some stories on him, but obviously I can't say. But no, he, oh, he was he, one. <laughs> one story. But, no, but the he, players liked him. The players talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, his methods were difficult. Um, in how he worked and off the pitch, and, 
but I, I, I absolutely loved his training. Yeah. What was that? You mean the video lengths or something like that? Or what were you talking about there in terms of what's well, popping pitch? You have to watch video, you have to watch video, but it was... Every day was you finish training, then you'd have like 90 minutes after training finishes before you can have your food. Then you have your food, um, each table goes up at a time, um, then the staff table goes up last. Um, and then you'd have to wait for him to finish his food, and he has a three-course meal every day. in training every day? Every day, then... Wow. When he finishes, he gets up and does a speech after every meal, um, and then you, then you can leave. God. Then, he, then he'd say, I want to speak to these four players individually, and then he'd do it in order to your seniority or whatever, so... Um, then you've got four players sat outside his office, <laughs> going in one... Um, every so, day? So, literally, you finish training, and it's like another four hours of... Of this, so I remember speaking to him saying, Louis, the players are gone. <laughs> like, you, need, <laughs> you need to change it a little bit. It's, it's, it's getting, getting beyond difficulty. And, um, he didn't, but then in the end, he, he came to me and asked him, um, how, how can he get the players back, basically, which it was probably a bit too late then. So you, you didn't hear that at Birmingham, the Kings eating his dinner <laughs> at the end of the session? Oh, there was name tags. Was there? Yeah, on the staff table, name tags, yeah, like a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> he was a character though, wasn't he? Yeah, I, th- I used obviously. to love. I used to love. I mean, you know, on a Friday when all the managers' interviews come in, I used to obviously I'd think I've got to see Van Gaal. He'd always say something mad. And what was the? He's must. The Man United have like an awards thing at oh, the end yeah. of the season. That when he's on the stage, he had a few bevies, and he <laughs> and he's screaming and shouting and that. Oh, I I love Van Gaal. No, I'd... he was gone a week after that. No, it was sad when he went, I think, because... Because he won the FA Cup final, and then he got yeah, sacked that night. He knew before the FA Cup final he was gone. Yeah, I think during the game, his wife found out. Yeah. How? I don't know. His wife found out. Yeah, he, he, knew, he knew before the game, apparently. But to be yeah. fair to him, he knew. So after we won it, we had the party after, after the game, and um, he was always lively and bubbly, um, Louis, and um, he was there with his family. You could see he was down, he went, he stayed away from everyone. So I went to speak to him said, some, like... Gutted, you're going to be going, but football, it's, yeah. it's like try and enjoy tonight. We've won the cup, try and enjoy it and obviously move on from, from that. But he never really, and always remember, he knew he was getting sacked, but he hadn't been told. The next day, he got us all down for breakfast and he'd give all his plans out for the off season and stuff like that. And so he stuck to his, his job right till the end. Oh. Yeah, I, I, it was strange actually. Cause I, look at the time, I, I went to it, cause it, I got sacked by Valencia in the sort of March, April. And I went to a game at Old Trafford. I can't remember who it was against. And there was, John, they said there's 75,000, even though there's, there's only yeah. like, there's about 55,000 watching. It was a Tuesday night. I think it was Crystal Palace. And there was no one, the stadium was empty. And I thought. That was more Palace than United. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, look, I thought, you know, like, I know it sounds crazy, but the owners at that time, they'll have looked at the stadium, people not watching the football, and thought, we can't have this, we can't have people not coming. I thought he was in trouble that night. Moving on to Jose, obviously, how was how was that for you? Um, that was that was probably my toughest year at United because of, I was captain, in but weren't playing. And I knew as soon as he come in and he signs Latan, Jose only plays one way. He plays one forward. He's brought Latan in, so I knew Latan would be playing. But he started the season with me and Latan up top. He started really well, actually. I think first three games had scored two, had two assists or something like that. Um, then we played Norwich away, and I was terrible. Um, the whole team was was was, was bad, but um, I was disappointed because I knew I'd give him the chance to leave me out of the team, and he did. And from then, I never really got back in in the team. And so that was the most difficult thing was going in every day as captain and trying to put on a, mm. a face for for your teammates. But really, like he, he brought me on with thirty seconds to go in my last game. You know, what age were you then? What age were you then? What age were you? Um, must have been thirty, thirty-one, and. Like the Europa League final, my last game for the club. I was had, 30 seconds to go. He brought me on with 30 seconds to go. What was yeah. the score at that point? 2 0. Um, Appearance money, don't you? Must have <laughs> <laughs> no, well, then, then you start thinking about JT lifting the trophy and all that. <laughs> 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 but um, but he, he, like I was on the bench against Southampton in the League Cup final. And, Did um, you not come on that one, though? I was ready to come on then until Latin scored. He sat me back down. <laughs> So stuff like that, there was difficult moments. Was he still speaking to you at the time, though, all the way through As a, as a person, yeah, great. Honestly, really, really good fella. Um, and then, of course, when you don't play, you always have your frustrations, your issues with any manager that you want to play. But um, 
as a person, um, he was very good. How was that moment? What was the moment that, that someone came to you or someone rang and said, look, you know, I'm going to leave Manchester United? When did that day happen? I spoke to Jose in the January. Um, Evan approached. Um, oh, quite early then. Um, so I wanted to go in the January um, on loan or however, because I wanted to play, um, yeah. basically. And, um, and to be fair to Jose, he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to need you for, it might be a few Europa League games. So can you stay till the end of the season? I, I promise you, you can leave at the end of the season. So I knew I was yeah. a support act for Zlatan, basically. And, um, so I stayed um, till the end of the season and, and he, he always stuck to it. It's hard, though, isn't it? It must have been hard. Yeah, it? yeah it, was, it was, as I said, it was horrible. It was frustrating. Um, and you, you don't feel, because you're captain, you don't feel yeah. like you're contributing to... Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, when you go back to Everton, was that always in your head, sort of years before, if you were going to move, you wanted to do Everton because you'd sort of left and there was a bit of sort of rancour, you know, with the supporters, you being a little, you know, big Evertonian. Was it always a feeling that? Um, Everton was obviously always a club I've loved. I've had me went through the academy there, you know, supported them, still followed them, obviously. And um, when they, they come, it weren't something I was thinking about when I first signed for United and I. The whole years of abuse from the fans and that, but slowly that was turned. I went to a few games and I played in Duncan's testimonial, um, and I could feel that that changed. Then I started thinking, right, I've had me four kids. I'd, I'd love for my kids to see me play for Everton. That was big reason. Going, I'm, I'm also they're paying the price for it now, but they were, they were making some good signings as well. Kids, Everton fans or Man United fans? Both really, um, but like me, lads six today and. All Everton stuff around oh. the house forever, but yeah, both um, Everton. You know, who was manager of Everton when you were back there? When who was Cumin, um Big Sam at the end. Wasn't so you've it? played under a proper different yeah. mix of managers, have you? Not? Yeah, so that's um, surely, surely good for your own experience as a manager. Yeah, so I had three Dutch managers: right. Cumin, Koku, and um, Van Gaal, um, Mourinho, obviously course, Fergie. Yeah. There's been a, a few there, and all different. So yeah, that's yeah. something which, especially towards the end, with Van Gaal, with Mourinho, with Cumin. Koku, Sam Allardyce. I was looking. I knew I wanted to go into management, right, so I was yeah. looking at different ways they were doing yeah. it. I just, I've just thought of something then about uh, obviously talking about going back to Everton. But obviously, you started Everton, and uh, I tell this story a few times. And like the thing that really stood out about you, what made you, for me you a great player was not just your ability in scoring goals, your actual mentality. And I, and I think it's it's not. I'm not saying it's a Liverpool thing, but I think we that sort of you know. Up for it and you know fight the world. <laughs> you dance like that. I, I remember seeing it. I remember the first time, first time I met you in, in the club, was it? Yeah, in, in the stage. <laughs> it's a nightclub. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't think it was the stage. Yeah, it was. It was the stage. Yeah. Oh, we were in a stage. Uh, <laughs> and come up to me. How old do you think you were there? I, I was what, hopefully 50, 18. 50, 50. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was nine, I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, you'll be hearing a lot. Basically, it was a bit like, yeah, I'm Rooney. Uh, you'll be hearing a lot about me. Oh. Uh, you were right. Well, I think it's more of... I don't think it's a, it's a working-class thing, you know, and I've always been... Well, you believe in yourself, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I think, you know, but... I've always wanted to play or train and as if someone's going to take it from me and that's yeah. your last chance and the last chance to... Yeah. To do, and I never wanted anyone to be able to take my place. Obviously, mellow down a little bit when you get a little bit older, but um, that was certainly when I was younger. I, was I won't forgive you for taking the remote control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you watching, what is it, rugby league? Trophy. <laughs> you went, no, I, go on, you tell her. So, no, so tell the truth, will you? I'm, Make a change. Too. So he's watching rugby league, so I'm sat there, it was Newcastle away, and you had to go out the room to get your food. I think it was my second or third game so he's gone out so I've changed it over to X Factor <laughs> <laughs> so I've hit the remote so he's come back in he's with the remote whatever so um, just sat there like and then next thing he's got to pull the plug out of the TV <laughs> <laughs> but then, I don't even know whether he knows about midnight the club security knocked at my door and asked for the remote <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea with me I've no idea where it is 
no, we again. I like my rugby league. It was a good game, man. I came back and I knew the lads were up to no good. The usual, so very immature. These lads. I'm like, where's the control now? Fucking X Factor was on. So anyway, I, I wouldn't say I stormed off to bed, but I went to bed as I had to. And Wayne, I knew he'd done it. And again, he was new to the club. I don't give him a chance, you know. I don't want to be too hard on him. And the next morning, we're down for breakfast, and he comes up to me. He says, um, "Did you find him control?" <laughs> And I was, I was going to be polite to him, but when he said to him, I went, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, yeah. yeah. We recovered after that a little bit. You know, you speak about that um, confidence, obviously, that goal that you scored for Everton when you came on against Arsenal. Like, did you believe that you were ready for that level at that age? Yeah, I've said this a few times. Um, when I went into training with Everton's first team, and this is where I'm being disrespectful. <laughs> that means you're going to be disrespectful. <laughs> no, no, no. I've said it a few times. I've, I've honestly believed I was the best player in the team yeah. when I first went in. Um, and it was aging team as well. Like, we fighting relegation, we weren't the best team. Um, but I felt I was the best player. And when I got in, started playing a few games, then I was playing for England. I knew I had to, I had to go and I always used to enjoy watching Man United growing up and um, and I knew that was the club I wanted to go to and um, then when I went to United that was a different challenge because you've got top world-class players and yeah. um, big change was the mentality, the mindset was completely different and I knew I had to make an impact immediately. Obviously that you, the explosion obviously happened after that goal against Arsenal but what a goal. The, the big international sort of, mm. I mean you tore France to shreds in Euro 2004, and I, I, I say this to this day, and to be fair, the, the non-English people in the room sometimes tut a little bit and start saying, well, what if it would have been? But I genuinely think if you hadn't got injured in that quarter-final against Portugal... England would have won. I genuinely think, <laughs> you know, you, you, you were, you were at it. I genuinely think we would have won that. And I know your confidence is unbelievable back then. I mean, it, was, it still is now, but it was back then. It was frightening for a young player to see. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. Do you feel that we would have won that tournament if we, if you'd have stayed fit? Yeah, I think I felt I was just enjoying it. It was like it's like I'd be in the games room. You know what I was like? I couldn't yeah. sit still, and no. um, I'd be in the games room. I'd be tormenting someone somewhere, <laughs> um, and then I just couldn't wait for the games. And I remember, I always remember, um, not just in Portugal, but then in the World Cup in two thousand six. Remember, just in the after the warm-up and seeing players, and I could see fear in some of the players and thinking, well, it's not good, this. Um, but I'd just like to play with the freedom and just... Yeah. Did you ever feel the pressure then? Did you ever feel pressure? Yeah, no, I, I, used to, I used to think if I play well, if we win the tournament, it's because of me. Right. If we don't, then I'd still think it was because of me because I didn't perform right. as well as I should have. So that was always what I okay. felt like. Do you feel like the injuries, because you were so heavily relied on a club level and I'm guessing you were the type of player that would play through an injury, do you think them injuries before tournaments, do you think you could have been managed better throughout the season? Um, to, be, to be fair, I've, I've, I had a few broken feet. Um, but then I've never, I've never had injuries in my knees, I've never had um, muscle injuries, I think because of the way I'm built. I'm, yeah. I'm quite strong, but... Um, and I've I had a few cuts, but so I was quite lucky actually with injuries, a few broken feet. But, but that was you, it. But you you could never be rested. I mean, you, you'd have been a nightmare rested. Right. It, what I'm saying to you, we we played three games a week, and I always used to remember the manager saying, "Can't rest fucking Rooney." You know what I mean? Because literally, he, he would we play Sunday, say Wednesday, Saturday. You would play every single game. He would never rest you because yeah. he thought that was bad for you to rest. You know what I mean? And yeah. you thought that as well. Yeah, no, I had to play. I, if I didn't play for three, or when I was injured, coming back, it used to take me a bit of time. And probably because, you know, I, I went the ultimate professional as well. So that mm -hmm. obviously takes its toll as, as well on it. And, but when I was playing, consistently playing, um, I, I, didn't, I felt like I didn't need to rest. Any regrets yeah. about that, when You know, you're yeah, about being a professional. when you look back, yeah, I think, um, and I've spoke about it when I've done documentary and stuff and um, had different issues and ended up drinking um, way too much. And um, obviously that took its toll. And, you can always look back and think, if you didn't do that, would you have played at an even higher level, um, achieved more, played for longer, all these questions. Yeah. But 
again in hindsight, yeah. of course. You, you know that, obviously, I think you spoke maybe when you were younger, uh, having a few drinks, I was the same, you were the same. People then sort of might say, oh, uh, if they're talking about you because you're so high profile, oh, Rooney should have been more professional. But is it difficult? Not because of you, it's your actual upbringing. Yeah, exactly. Where are you from? It's like everything is a drink. And, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's like when I grew up with, with my dad, going to watch Everton games, everyone, you mess at the pub, you went to the pub afterwards. Yeah. My dad managed amateur teams, you mess at the pub, you went to the pub afterwards. You'd have a christening, everyone goes for it. It's like everything <laughs> yeah. is around. It's raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> But everything you think, it's like, it's like in, especially in Liverpool. Everyone, oh, not not every, the Irish, yeah. You, 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 yeah. you throw the Irish yeah, together, right? Everyone, yeah. But everyone, every kid gets christened. I'm not sure anyone's bothered about the christening. We'll get the christening. We'll have a go. But you know what I mean? You, you're permanently in that yeah. environment. Yeah, and again, obviously, you obviously know where, where I grew up as well, and <laughs> we're an easy place to live, but. I used to, I absolutely loved growing up there and taught me so many different things. And I remember when I was 14, I was crossing the road, um, I think it was on Thursday or something like that, and I was playing for the under 19 on the Saturday for Everton, Colin Harvey was the manager. So I'm crossing the road, I've got a bag of cider, <laughs> a pack of cigarettes, forever. <laughs> a car stopped to let me cross, it was Colin Harvey. <laughs> Oh, we used to go to like an abandoned, uh, an empty house, and we'd knock knock the windows through, and, and we'd sit in there and, um, and drink. And that was yeah, so like, yeah, so like what? what I'm saying, regrets. I don't mean because again, Jamie makes a good point. That's part of your makeup. That's what probably made you a great player as well—that hunger, that desire, and being a bit of bit of a jack the lad. That's all part of the package. Mm-hmm. You were a street fighter as a player, yeah. weren't you? You're street fighter. Yeah, Everything was a fight for you on the pitch. It was a yeah. I had a few issues, oh, anger issues, and no, I don't mean but, that. No, I mean just the way that, you that played. Was, I always felt that was when I was at my best. Absolutely. I think to be fair, I would say that in your first ten years of your career, when you had that street fighting sort of, and as you get older and you experience yeah. and you drop a bit deeper, yeah. you know, you, you do change, don't you? And yeah. that's what that, that's what happened. Just. I always think that every football player that finishes at sort of like 32, 33, 34, we're all, we're all in the same position. You've got to navigate another 35, 40 years of your life, yeah. haven't you? And still remain stimulated, sort yeah. of want to get up every single day. Is that coaching for you? Is that where you see your long-term sort of like next 30 years? Well, yeah, I hope, no, I hope so, of course. And um, I, I love football, I love the game. Uh, I love watching it, I love being involved in it. Um, and obviously there's different opportunities there, but I don't think I'm, I'm one. For instance, what you're doing, I that I wouldn't be able to do that. And that's obviously. Is he done about punditry? Like, put, no, put, don't mean the punditry, but like, the, the, you're, I, you're I know. You're good at the punditry. You mean yeah, no, the punditry is fine, but like, I don't mind doing it. Say now I'm doing a few, one next week, maybe one the week after stuff. It's, yeah. I don't mind doing that, but then for me to commit to it, what I don't want to do is commit to. Like you have a, a, a long term plan with it, and then let them down if a job comes up. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So that's um, you know if you didn't stay in right? coach though, it is because I, I sometimes think about that because there's certain players. I'm not saying you, you've got real passion for the game, but I've seen other players who have played with it. And I'm thinking they weren't that passionate, but they end up going into coaching and management. And good luck to them. But I almost feel is it they're almost filling a gap. They're actually worried that if I don't stay in the game, what am I actually going to do? Is, is that a fear for you if you don't stay in Because as I said, you're still only 38. Yeah. If you don't stay in coaching the man, do you think, actually, what would I do? Boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Get back on the phone, yeah. But no, um, no, listen, there's so much, especially like now, I've, I've been off, off work now for about a month or so. Um, and it's the first time really I've been able to enjoy the time with my kids and... Um, getting up every morning to school, taking them to school, going to watch them play football, because I've obviously lived in the States as well. I've missed a lot of that, so you've, you've got that, and there's different op- different businesses have got different opportunities to do things, but um, I definitely want to go down the man- managerial route, and if that doesn't work, I, at least I can turn around and say, you know what, I'll give it a go, and it didn't, didn't work out. Would you be in this, I mean, obviously you want to be a manager primarily at the moment, but would you ever go to the point whereby you thought, okay, actually I would be an assistant, or do you think that's just not for you? Um, it depends. Yeah. Listen, if Pep Guardiola comes and I should be an assistant, <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd walk there, but... So say Eric Tanag. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but 
like you see what Arteta's doing now, and I strongly believe a lot of that's from learning what yeah, okay. Guardiola's doing. And so it depends on what the, the situation is. Last couple of questions. What do you make of the current Manchester United team uh, at the, when you watch them? Frustrating. Um, I think there's there's talent in there, but I just think there's a, a mindset which needs to change. And watching games, and you watch some games, and I think really good, um, but then all of a sudden there's like a, a, a switch which flips, and um, you can go from being really good to really bad, um, and there's a lack of consistency. And the last question, you said about you want to be a manager, but there's an interview you did a few weeks ago. I think, Cara, have you got that interview? that Because it absolutely staggered me, this. Ah, James has phoned me here. Hang on. No, Shall I answer? answer, answer yeah. no, you can't say, you've got, <laughs> can't answer. say hello to James. I'm just thinking. You okay, I was just doing the podcast with Wazir. He's asking about you. Yeah. With, with my flag inside. Back in a minute, we're on live. We're packing them with Benson Edges. <laughs> me and Phil. That's right. Bottle of Wolfgang in match of the day magazine. Oh, yeah, this is it. Here we go. Process and then um, obviously the job at DC United come up, so I went into that. So, so I've always been interested in um, if I wasn't working at the time of football, then um, it's something which I'll, I probably will revisit because um, it's a real interest of mine. So it's a real, so so is that criminal serious? law? Is that because I mean to be a lawyer? Sometimes you have to have a bit of fun with the media as well. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, you have to sleep seven years, don't you, to be yeah, a criminal no, to lawyer? Be fair, um, <laughs> Fast track. No, it's, it's, it's something which I've always lo- watched and looked at as well. And um, I remember when Clean had the court case with um, Rebecca Vardy. Um, I was there with the barrister, the lawyers. I was like, You're right, really? no, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm saying to the uh, barrister, I'm saying, to him, Right, you need to ask this question. <laughs> he was looking at me thinking, but, um, And then I did apply. It was to Nottingham University. I applied to, to go in and, and try and study. Yeah, but then obviously they go away. Yeah. Was that when you were at Derby? Yeah. So, you, so what I'm saying, you got, you got the time now. You, you, is, it, mm. is it happening? What's happening? QC. QC. I only want to do it because I can't get the wigs on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you for joining us. Brilliant, mate. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Thank, thank you. you.